Sunday we do every year called I Love My Church, and um, I want us to, to real quickly just kind of honor, if you serve or volunteer in this church in, in any capacity, can you stand up on your feet for me real briefly here, if you just, whether it's with our kids or greeting or ushers or set up and tear down or whatever it might be, yeah, give these guys a big round of applause, and these, you, this is what you got to remember, like, these are the people that are in service, not serving today, so anyway, do me, thank you so much, you may be seated. Um, Today, we want to thank and honor and recognize and then share with the rest of you what all we do here at this church called Jubilee Tri-Valley. As a matter of fact, as we begin, do me a favor. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, I have a great body. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them, I have a great body. Come on, it'll boost your self-esteem a little bit. Um, It'll boost your church esteem. I have a great body body. Do me a favor. I want you to follow these words as I read them on the screen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many, they're one body. And so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether we're Jew, Greek, slave or free, and all are made to drink of one spirit for the body. Everybody say the body. I have a great body. The body does not consist of one member, but many. If the, if the foot would say, well, because I'm not the hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, well, because I'm not the eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So the Bible is, is, is opening, and I didn't read maybe the few scriptures before this, but the, the Bible speaks clearly of this thing that we call church. Everybody say church. So church is what we kind of call it, but the Bible actually refers to it a couple different ways. Like it's referred to once as the bride of Christ. It's referred to another place as the family of God. And in this unique dynamic, it is referred to as the body. And he's using this kind of metaphor, this idea, just to kind of show you and to show me how this thing works and fits and functions and all comes together. And he opens with this idea that says this, we're one body. We're one family. We're one you. But, but. We're all together, and though we're different, unique individuals and different, unique members, when we all come together underneath who Jesus is and his role in our life, that makes us what? One body. And the thing about the body of Christ is that, you know, you can look at it on a huge global level, that all of us that, that, that we say believe and have faith and follow Jesus, we're a part of a global body. But even on a smaller level, we are a part of local bodies, local communities, local families, local fellowships. And this is our body, this Jubilee Tri-Valley Church. This is where we meet. This is where we gather. This is our community and our fellowship. This is the body that for whatever reason that God has you placed in. But I need you to go beyond just knowing that you come to church here on Sunday morning and begin to seeing yourself as Paul communicates and saying, you know what, I'm just not showing up to throw a tip in the bucket or to sing a song and to hear an encouraging message, but I'm actually, I'm somehow joined in, tied in and connected in in some unique and incredible way. I'm a part of the body of Christ. And here's what I want you to walk away with. By the end of this day, this is what I want you to know above anything else is that you make this church great that you make the body great, you make it a great body, like the body is, is not made up of just a preacher. This is kind of the error that we run into, is that, well, the preacher's, no, the preacher's just one small component. It's the most obvious one, because it's, it's, it's kind of like the hair. You know what I'm talking about? It's the face or whatever, it's what you see, for, but like it's not everything. How I many know if you just took hair, 
by, that'd be weird. Um, if you just had a face, by, that'd be really bizarro. But the, the, it's, it's about being a part of a whole body. And he says, whatever you do as recognizing that you're a part of a grander scheme of things, remember this, there are no useless believers. There's none. Like he, he even says that, he goes, there's, there, there's an eye that's kind of bummed out and he thinks, well, I'm not the ear. And then there's the nose that says, well, I'm not the foot. And there's the, you know, the, the, the body is made up of all kinds of members. And, I, and if anything, you need to know this, that as a believer, you've got some, you've got some usefulness. You've got a, a priority inside of what we do. You've got something to do, something to carry. You've got something to contribute. You have something that God has deposited in you that we don't even know what it is quite yet, but you make up this body. There are no useless members. If you have ever had um, your back go out, how many of you have ever had your back go out? You've been like, yeah. How many, that's the worst thing in the world, isn't it? Like you might have beautiful feet. Like just the prettiest feet, you, got, you just got them manicured and pedicured and them toes are all did and you, you do the wonderful. But your back goes out. Don't nobody care about your toes, you can't go nowhere. Them little feet can't work. Why? Because you're laid out, and, and if you, it's the worst, man. You get this one little twitch in your back, or one little thing goes out in your back, and some of you feel like that. Some of you feel insignificant, or, or useless, or I don't have a big role, or I don't have a big, but you're that little component. And bless God, if that little component's not working, the body is not working at its maximum capacity. Just, just last week, you know, our friend Shane Willard was here, and uh, I always take Shane to go play golf. He loves golf, and so do I, and so I always take him to play, and he all right, look, this, this doesn't happen often, so don't you dare think poorly, but he beat me. But you know why? Because I had like a muscle go out, right? Just this tiny little muscle right here in the back of my... All right, I wasn't gonna say this for Shane's sake, okay? But my wife did some miracle... Oil. Remember I told you on the oils or something? She did something, and the next day I beat him senseless. I beat him like a rented mule. And so, so don't you get it twisted. I beat Pastor Shane, but... But even though I, you know, I was able to get in there, but like I had a, a, a shoulder muscle go out, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good the face looks. If, you, if your back goes out, if your feet don't work, if your hands don't work, like we want a fully functioning, well-oiled machine of a body. You know what I'm talking about? We want washboard abs. We want bulging biceps. We want, you know, we want this thing firing on all cylinders. Can I get an amen? And to ever get a church that's ever firing on all cylinders, you know what you have to have? You have to have every member of the body playing its role and playing its part and contributing its small element to this larger, bigger picture. Can I get an amen? So he keeps on, in verse 17 he goes, so if the whole body, if it were an eye, well that'd be weird, but where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. You know what that means? is that some of us didn't get to choose the way that we were gifted, the way that we were wired, the time in which we were born, the location in which we live now. We, you know, some of the things that we have, we just, God chose it that way. And some of us, we, we need you to recognize that God has given us a gifting, God has given us a place, and God's now wanting us to use it. He goes, if we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but yet there is one body. You know what he's saying is this. He's saying without you, something is missing. And check this out. My name is Debbie. My name is Trey. Right there. DeAndre was a worship leader, and one particular Sunday, he was by himself with the drums, and that's it. 
There was no bass, there was no guitars, there was no anything. And it was quite a thin set. And I said, uh, you ever need any help? He says, what do you play? I said, guitar. He said, yeah, come on, let's go. And we started playing together. And um, one thing led to the other, and I started doing cables and moved to the stage and did both and did whatever and started filling gaps. And in the worship team, I played guitar, uh, bass guitar, electric guitar, acoustic, piano, uh, click, nobody knows about. <laughs> Basically, what it boils down to is there's a need, and I enjoy filling the need. I enjoy filling the gap. Um, one of my things I like to do as, as in my job as well as in music is to see what's out in front of people and try and help them not trip or fall into a mess. If I can fill that gap, fill that need, that's where I like to be, whether it's stringing cables or playing instruments or any other gap. Just be willing to try, and I say, um, and you let them know when you're going to volunteer. Say, I need to try this out um, maybe just once. And, you know, they're flexible. So, you know, let them know once. If that didn't work, try something different. You know, I think it's just a willing heart and just try. Uh, what I get out of, of serving is definitely a sense of accomplishment. You did something, you took something that was nothing and made it into something that God can then use. When you find that you don't serve, then you really are a more self-serving, and that is not what God called us to do. We're about God's people and God's community. You know, and, and we see this church as our family. Actually, church is not just the time the pastor talks. Church is from 7 a.m., until 10 a.m. where I'm meeting with people, working with them, talking with them. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? And then from 11.15, 11.30 until we're done at 12.30 or 1, it, that's church is still going on. But maybe it's in the parking lot. Maybe it's working together. Maybe it's, you know, and, and to me that's that's a huge part of why I enjoy Sunday. Pastor's a great, great speaker, but there's so many other things that happen around that that if we weren't actually volunteering, we would miss out. We would show up listen to pastor and leave. My name is Troy. And my name is Debbie. We love, and we love our, our church. church. So Paul says that, that without you, there's something missing. Like something's not right. Like, like the way that God originally designed the body of Christ was it for it to be operating at its fullest capacity. Now, how many know in the body you have like two different types of muscles? You have voluntary muscles and then you have involuntary muscles, right? Like, do you ever like think about like heart beat? You know, if that's what you had to focus on, you'd, you'd be so consumed with making sure your heart beat all the time that you know, you'd never get anything else done. So, so we have certain things, like you don't ever really think about breathing much. I mean, sometimes you do, but like most of the time you just go about breathing. Like when you're asleep, you're not thinking about breathing. You're not thinking about your heart pumping. You're not thinking about all the different things that go on in your body between the cells and all the things that are rebuilding or taking care of or healing or adding or growing or how I many you know, certain things grow and, and certain things shrink and certain things, you know. Anyway, it's all kinds of different unique things. All of us, our bodies are a little bit different, but, but there's so many different involuntary muscles that are going on. And then you have voluntary muscles. You know what I mean? You've got, you've got things where you go lift, you go pick up, you go drag, pull, do whatever it is that you do. And you've got those things that when you want it to fire, it just fires because that's your muscle and that's what you're kind of commanding it to do. Well, can I give you this idea? Is that really when you think about how the body of Christ works, we've got a lot of involuntary things going on. And this is really where the spirit of God is at move in a church right 
There are things that we don't control, we don't dictate, we don't manipulate, we don't contrive how God heals or moves or speaks to people. I, I, don't, I don't get to control that and I don't want to manipulate that. That is the involuntary move of the Holy, Holy Spirit that he just on his own does what he wants to do and that's where he's at work in us. And see, this is how you know that's true. It's because sometimes God forgives people that you don't wanna forgive. And he just does what he wants to do. And sometimes God heals people even when you don't think they deserve or he just does things that doesn't even make sense to you and things that are confusing to you, but we don't totally get it. It's because God is at move whether we're trying to make that happen or not. But we are the other element. We are the voluntary muscles of this thing called the body of Christ. And how many know that when we need to move, it needs to move. So, so here's the question I have for you, is what have you lifted lately? What have you been moving? What have you been picking up? What have you been contributing? What have you been doing? What, what muscles have been firing on your behalf to get this body to go where it needs to go and do where it needs to do? Now, I don't know how you, um, ladies, you will be able to test to this. How many of you know your, your sons or your husbands will stand in front of the mirror and flex their muscles? Did, ladies, can it, you ever catch your man? Or your son, yeah, Julian, I know, we, we you know, but you, you get through the gym and you work out, you're like, ah. And you wanna see how, how you're lifting and how you're working and how you're running. How, as a matter of fact, after a 21 day fast, but <sighs> look at that. Like, hey babe, check that out. You know, you're kind of you're proud of it. And so you got, you got all these muscles that hopefully you've been working, you've been exercising, you've been lifting, you've been moving, and so what? Those muscles look good. And for some of us, how many know, like when you don't work out and you don't lift and you don't go and you don't run and you don't move, what, what happens to your muscles? They get droopy, yeah, they get soft, atrophy. Instead of the bicep being on the top end, it ends up on the bottom end. Y'all know, know how that goes, right? And then it just, it has, a, it has a waviness to it. So, you know, my point is this, is where is it that you've been lifting? Are your, are your muscles firing on all cylinders? Are you, are, you, are you able to check yourself out in the mirror and say, look what we've been able to accomplish? Because you have a part to play, you have a, a role to play, you have a gift to dig up out of the earth and to contribute to the world around you and to the church that God has placed you in. Let's, let's continue to read what Paul says. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you nor again the head to the feet and say, I don't need you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, we all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. He says something real interesting here that, that really is not the way we normally think. He opens up with this idea that says, have you ever noticed that like there's small little members that seem insignificant and they never get credit and they never get, he goes, you know what? God loves them and actually gives them more blessing than the ones that are so obvious. But see, we live in a world where we're taught, no, 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 if it's flashy, if it's hot, if it's sprinkles and it sparkles and if it's cool and if it's, 
If there's some glitz and some glands and some high glam and hype to it, that's what's the most important thing. And God says, that, that's not true. That's not how we roll. As a matter of fact, the seemingly more insignificant ones, they get more honor and they get more blessing. Because see, here's, here's what I know. We live in a world right now where if you think about it, we, we have a, a few categories of people in, inside of a church. This, this is the first one. You have, in essence, the professional worker, right? The professional Jesus guy. This is the pastor that gets up and teaches. This is the worship leader. These are the guys that sometimes are on staff or the ladies that are on staff and doing certain things. These are at the top level of what you would call maybe the leadership scope. And, and we look at them and say, no, no, they're the professional workers. They get paid to do this. They're the ones that are supposed to be doing all of this stuff. Professional Jesus workers. Then what we've got is we've got, because of this mentality, we have professional Jesus watchers. Like we have people who are professionals at sitting. Like professional, you know, like people that are just watching and sitting and listening and absorbing and receiving. Now, should you be doing that? Yeah, but you don't want to become a professional at it. Does that make sense? Like that's not the area that you want to say, you know what I did today? Dude, I listened my butt off today. I was all about it. I sat so well today, you would not believe with the, the imprint that's left in that chair. It was, it's pretty special. Nobody wants to become a professional sitter. Or you, you could become a super professional, and that's where you clap. Or you amen. You know what I'm talking about? Like, then you're super professional. You have not only sat and, and, and listened, but you have actually, you, you've, done, you've gone above and beyond your duty. You've, you've done more. And so then what we have, other than that, though, is now we have, we have professional Jesus workers. We have professional Jesus watchers. And then we have these other people. And they're what we call the suckers. They're the people that got duped or tricked into giving their time and not get paid at all. Like, who would do such a thing? Like, there are people that, like, because some of y'all know, y'all know the feeling. You walk into that children's room and you're ready to drop your kid off and you see that one with the little snotty nose and that one's kind of crying and you know your kid's crazy and you're like, ha, 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 peace out. <laughs> and you just know, you're like, gotcha, sucker. You know, you see those people greeting and you're like, yeah, 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 I don't touch people's hands. They don't do that. <laughs> no thanks. And you just, and you see people doing work and you see people lifting, you see the band playing or you see all the things that are going on and you say, uh-huh, you got suckered into that somehow. Can I tell you that, that volunteering is the greatest thing that you can do with your time because what you're doing is giving back into the body that you are a part of. Because when your body thrives, you thrive. When your body's great, you're great. When everything's firing on all cylinders, the kingdom comes the way that God intended it to come, that, 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 that his purpose and his mission begin to get executed here on a local level and even on a global level. Why? Because every member is playing its part. And sometimes we miss out on these things because we, we kind of just fail to recognize we're not meant to be professional watchers. We actually are supposed to give our lives in service to the greatest man that ever walked the face of the earth, to the greatest message that ever hit this planet, to the greatest cause that will ever exist, past present or future on this planet that we are to give ourselves to that because Jesus gave himself first and foremost and because of that we get to be a part of a bigger idea a bigger mission a global thing something I'm telling you what products will come and go different things that are in this life that are right they will come and go things that used to be the greatest things on earth don't even exist anymore but the message of Christ 
the man, the God-man who was Jesus Christ, the purpose and the cause of God's kingdom here on this earth that is the greatest thing, past, present, or future, it will never, ever escape this planet. And you get to be a part of that. You get to be a part of it on a local level with the group of people that you see in this room. You get to be a part of it on a regional level when you think about all the churches in the area. You get to be a part of it in a global effort. You get to be a part of it in a generational effort. I'm telling you, there's something huge at work here. And I don't want you to one day show up to heaven and be like, oh wow, I didn't know. You mean I could be a part of that? Yeah, you were supposed to be a part of it. You weren't supposed to be watching it. You were supposed to be on the front lines doing it. And many of us, the reason why we're not is we have all these different reasons as to why we fail to engage with maybe God's plan or his purpose in our life. And sometimes it's this. Sometimes we just sit back and say, well, you know what? I'm unqualified. Like, I don't have any gifting. I don't have any abilities. Can I help you out over here? God seems to take dysfunctional people and use them for the glory of God anyway. Like, like he told Moses, Moses said, I can't do that. I don't, I'm not a good communicator. I can't speak well. He goes, don't worry. I'm going to have you speak to millions. Regardless of your talent, like you don't have to be talented. That's the one thing you do. You, you know, like everybody's got a component, a gift, a thing. You, some of you have the ability to smile, to greet, to lift, to shake, to move. Like you have all these little things. Some of them are huge gifts. Some of them are seemingly insignificant gifts. But never think that I, I'm not talented enough. Some of you think, well, I'm not called to ministry. That has nothing to do with it. You're a part of a global kingdom mission. You don't need a calling. Jesus has already called you. He said, follow me. And as you follow Jesus, this stuff naturally happens. Some of you say, this you may say you don't know how bad I've been <laughs> I don't want to know either um, but here here's what I know about God when you read the Bible you, you find this over and over again do you know that God has a prerequisite for people who he would use and the prerequisite is this you have to be a sinner he has uh, check history he has only used sinners that's it like so you're in great company Like, you'd be shocked to know, like, the guy that wrote the first five books of the Bible was a premeditated murderer. God redeemed his life and so used him in miraculous ways. And I would say, hopefully, most of us have never done that before. I mean, I'm I'm hoping. I mean, God has the ability. when When you go look at the disciples that Jesus called, they weren't the most talented bunch. They proved that throughout the three years they followed him. They, they weren't the smartest bunch. They probably weren't the most talented bunch. They, God doesn't need all those things. I'm telling you what, God can take a whole lot of little and turn it and make it and use it for a whole lot of much. I'm telling you, God has the ability to overcome all your deficiencies or insecurities or, or shortcomings or wherever you feel like you're not talented. Some of you say like, well, Todd, I don't even know if I believe in God. That doesn't matter either. It really doesn't. Do you know that Jesus' followers didn't even believe until another year or two after they were following him? If you go read the scripture, it'll say like, and this is like two years in, it'll be like, Jesus did this, and then they believed. And you're like, what have they been doing for the last year and a half? Like, you, yeah, you can, you can actually follow Jesus and not totally believe. Like, that, he, he was okay with that, apparently. You can serve God, follow Jesus, you can be on mission and still struggle with whether you believe or not. Like you're on a journey and you get to be a part of this huge, big idea of what God wants to do in the earth. And can you imagine if that volunteering spirit got on all of us as a, as a church body? Like what if us all, all of us kind of join in and say, you know, I've got a part to play. I've got a role to play. I've got something I can give, something I can contribute, something I could do. What if that's, hey, let me, let, me, let me back up. Parents, what if that spirit hit your teenager? Like, what if, what if, I'm just saying, what if you woke up in the morning and instead of having to, like, you know, wake them up 
You go into their room and they're not there. It's like the rapture happened, like they disappeared. But then something like their bed is made. And then, and then you smell and you're like, that smells like coffee and bacon. And you, and you walk into the kitchen to find out like your teenager had like gotten up ahead of you, made their bed, put some coffee on the brew, and made some breakfast for you. I mean, well, well you, you'd be like, this is, this is like the body snatcher movie. This is like something crazy is happening to my What if this type of thing happened? You would think, wow, this is the most incredible thing on planet Earth. What if, but you, you, you see it in a family now. What if your husband actually picked his underwear off the floor? Like, 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 what if my wife actually ironed my shirt? I'm, suck on them apples. Oh, uh, no. We don't roll like that. My, my point is this is like, what, what if inside of your family, everybody got the volunteering? What if everybody in your family, before the kids went out to play or before one went to bed, or before, what, what, what if they all came and said, hey, is there anything I can do for you? Like, like parents, could you imagine, let's say you're, you got like guests over and friends over and you're having a little party and your kid's about to take off or something like that. And what if before they took off, they were like, hey, mom, dad, I'm about to take off, but before I leave, is, is there anything I can do for you? What would you be like in front of your friends that were standing right there like, oh no, baby, it's okay, like, that, that's my kid. What's your kid doing? You would just be shocked and amazed and blown away. But what, but what, so what if inside of a church, you had the mentality and the spirit of, hey, how can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? Pastor, is there anything that we need right now? Is there any area that I can help? Is there any area that I can jump in and serve? Is there anything that I can do here? Because I don't want to be a professional sitter and a professional watcher. If there's anything that needs to be done, what could I possibly contribute? My point is this, is that you make church One day she said, hey, let's start watching kids. And I said, all right. Julian <laughs> <laughs> Pastor? Julian Pastor. Yeah, we've been going to this church since uh, 2008. We've been serving since. Since we transferred to Yeah, maybe 2009. The kids are great. I have a good time. So I'm kind of a big kid myself. So uh, we, we have a good time. Oh, yeah. I have video of him, like, doing some pretty crazy tricks.
if it's just uh, in a small way, it'll, it'll really um, enjoy the experience. Even if you're looking for full movie, you can jump in, it's, it's a lot of fun too. It seems like a lot, but when you look back, um, you know, it's such an insignificant amount of time that has such a great impact on the kids that we deal with. You know, they're full of smiles. It kind of helps kick off a, just a happy Sunday for us. Um, so even though it's just an hour and 15 minutes and some people might think, oh, I'm missing the service, we can still get the services, uh, the, the CD, and we'll listen to it later. But it just, uh, it's hard to have a bad day when you start off with the the part here that I want to kind of wrap this up with is 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 this is is the why we do what we do um serving does so many things for you. Like every one of our volunteers will tell you, like I get more out of serving usually than I put into serving. Like I enjoy the fellowship or the camaraderie or getting to know people or just being and doing it with my wife and just, just all the things that are going on with it. it. It's a fantastic experience to serve in your church and to play your role and to, knowing, to know that you're utilizing the gifts and the time and the talent and the energy that God's giving. All, all, that, all that's absolutely true. We, we could spend the whole day just talking about that. But there's also a why behind why we do what we do. And it goes back to our, our mission and what we exist to do. And it's that, it's to connect other people to Christ. If you can go back and remember maybe to your first church experience, if you had one, maybe if you didn't grow up in church, but you had a first church experience, or, or maybe it was that you grew up in church and you remember those early foundational years, or, or if you've ever brought a friend to church, hoping and believing that something great could happen for them, that you know that they needed to know God and you knew they needed to feel his love and mercy and grace and forgiveness in their life and if, and if they ever really had a relationship with God, it would absolutely just propel them into the, to a, to a whole new world. If you've ever brought someone to church, you know what I'm talking about. How many know when you bring somebody to church that maybe is distant and away from God or not sure they believe in God or any of that stuff, you see church differently on that day, differently than any other day? Because when you go to church for you, it's just like you're cool. Todd can say something stupid, it won't bother you. You know, if the greeters aren't that friendly, it doesn't even matter. You know, it's like, I'm just going, it's all good, it's all good. But when you bring someone to church, hoping and believing that God might do something great in their life, you're hoping that there's this incredible environment and this incredible moment that's been created for them to walk into, and it's where their heart and their timing and their moment is all lined up, and the environment is perfect, and God speaks to them, and boom, something amazing happens, what we call salvation where someone's heart is opened up to the realization that God is real and loves them. It's just this, this amazing moment. But how do you know when you walk into church, everything's a little bit different. Like you're hoping that when you walk into those doors, that those greeters, like it's not the weird one, it's the really, really nice one. You know what I'm talking about? And then they really brushed their teeth this morning and you know, it's like they, they dressed cool. And you know, it's, or if you, bring, you know, if you bring a guy, you're like, I hope it's the pretty greeter you know, that day or whatever, I don't know. And so you have all these different little things that you're thinking about. Like if, if, if you're bringing someone who has kids, you're like, man, I hope that children's worker's there early and ready. And I hope, I hope that when they drop the kid off, the kid's not you know, being crazy and wild and flipping out and not wanting to go in. You know, we've, we've had it where like, you know, the couple will come and the guy has to end up staying outside because the kid's flipping out or whatever and the mom only gets to come. And so you, you have all these, and then you're hoping like, man, I hope Matt's really on, on cue, man. I hope, I, hope he's not, I hope he's not real pitchy or real this or I hope the band plays good or I hope everything is just really, really dialed in. And I, I, I hope they play only the good songs. You know, you got your favorites and, and you know. 
And you're like, please, Todd, let's make sure that the, the sermon's not about you know, money or demons or anything weird. Like we want just like a good Jesus loves you sermon. Like we, we want everything just honed in. Well, here, here's what you need to know. Every week that happens. Every week there are visitors here, there are people here who haven't been to church in months or even years. There are people who've never donned a, a church door before or come into a church and they've never, there are people here, there, there, sometimes you'll find just the most unique situations where someone's come in that week and they've lost a loved one. And you know what they're wanting? They're wanting and hoping that that environment is so ready for them to be, be able to have an encounter with the compassion of God. There are people that come in here and maybe, maybe they're a single mom and they're just absolutely worn out and to their wits end and they don't, it, it, and they need to go into an environment where they can feel and sense the strength of God in their life. And there's people that come in here hurting or seeking or whatever it is that, and, and they're looking for a place, an environment, and a moment where it all comes together. Do you know how that happens? It happens when everybody is in their proper place. It happens when like the hair is, is just, it's a good hair day. And the eyes are working and the ears are working and all the muscles and the, all the little joints and tendons that no one ever sees. There's all kinds of volunteers in this place. You'll never see them and they make this place happen. There are people that absolutely serve tirelessly. They just give and give and give and you never know their names. You will never see them. They are the first ones here, the last ones to leave, but they're probably never up here on this stage and they bring it all together so that there's a moment, an environment, a place where heaven and earth meet for someone, for some reason. And those moments, I'm telling you what, they really, really come together and they happen often when the whole body is working together, totally in full functioning order, totally operating and firing on all cylinders. So here's my question for you. Where's your part in this thing called the body of Christ? What role is it that you need to play? What gift or talent or ability or service or time or energy do you need to give to make this thing work so that God's kingdom may come, so that his will may be done, so that it might be on earth as it is in heaven? What is your role to play today? My kids and, and I, um, every once in a while, and mom hates it because we run through the house, but we play tag. Does anybody? Like that's like the old school game. You know what I'm talking about, you used to play tag. And, and how many know in tag, you go and touch somebody and then the game doesn't end, does it? It doesn't end until you break something or someone gets hurt and there's tears and blood or crying or just mom yells at everybody. There's, but the game doesn't end when you tag somebody. What happens when you tag somebody? They're it. And then what do they gotta do? They've gotta go tag somebody new and then they, and they got to tag somebody new. This is the way that the kingdom was meant to work. It was meant to work in such a way where you come into a place and God touches your life and tag your it, but it doesn't stop there. The game doesn't end there. It moves forward and says, you know what? Now that I've been rescued, I need to rescue somebody else. And now that I've been served, I need to serve somebody else. And now that I've been blessed, I need to go bless somebody else. And this is not just some kind of game that stops as soon as I get touched by God or touched by a church or have a great moment or have a great experience, but it's the never ending game until God ends the game himself that we say we keep tagging other people saying no come in no let me serve let me bless let me give let me do because when we all have that mentality just like in your family if everybody in your family adopted a volunteer heart and a volunteer attitude what would that family look like what would a church look like when everybody now I know not everybody can do everything or not everybody is in a season of life where they can serve but everybody in here who's got breath in your lungs and strength in your body you've got something to give and when you're not giving it something's missing 
When you're not giving it, we're not firing on all cylinders. When you're not giving it, somebody might miss their moment where everything comes together. So you got to remember, you make church great. I, can't, I can only make church so good. I, I can only be the eye or whatever I am or the hair or whatever. I, I can only, I can, at the end of the day, I need all the little muscles. I need every different joint and fiber and, and, and every foot and toe, even that little pinky toe on the end. You just, it needs a balance. You need every part playing its role. Let me close with this final scripture in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Let's pray this morning. Father, we pray, God, that we would see ourselves as a part of a bigger picture, a bigger plan, a global idea, a, a generational idea, a kingdom movement, God. We are not professional sitters and watchers, God, but we have a role to play, God. I pray whether, whether it's inside of this church and it's outside of this church and it's in your family and it's in your neighborhood and it's in other nonprofit organizations that are feeding the poor or helping the homeless or, 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 or giving fresh water to people who don't have clean drinking water. Now, whatever it is, God, let us all be on the move. Let us all be active. Let us all be serving and contributing, God. Let us not be sitting back on the gifts and time and energy that you've given us, God. This isn't about guilt. We don't owe anything, God. You have set us free but God, we want to, in response to your great love, we want to give. So Father, I pray that you would, even now, speak to our, our church. The people that are here now, the people within the center, this is, a, this is their body, and they make this church great. I pray that you speak to them, God, about what that means to them, about what gift it is they need to give, what amount of time it is that they can give, what area they can serve in or be a part of. But God, I pray that for everybody who does have breath in their lungs and strength in their body and the ability to do so. God, I pray that you would step into the calling that you have on their life. God, I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. amen.